Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 325 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a developer advocate and writes technical articles about Kubernetes, web development, soft skills, and open source contributions. She has given more than 50 talks at various tech conferences and meetups around the world and also played a significant role in building three of the most impactful developer communities in Africa. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Edidiong Asikpo. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Phil. Hi. So that was very much a brief introduction overview, but could, could you maybe give us a bit of an insight into what you're currently doing? Sure, definitely. So um, I currently work as a developer advocate, and I feel like a lot of people don't really understand what <laughs> developer advocacy is about, so I'll quickly just go through through that. Um, so my role as a developer advocate pretty much involves trying to serve as a middleman between my company and the developer community, right? So it's, hey, so I'm trying to use um, my company's products in the developer community, right? And having, this is certain issues, right? I could like help them solve those issues or I could also help them have a better understanding of my company's product. So that involves writing technical articles, doing video recordings like on YouTube or um, streams like on Twitch, for instance, and then also speaking at events, virtual. I mean, now that coronavirus happened, <laughs> there's more virtual talks than in-person talks. But yeah, those kind of stuff. That's on the community side. But then on the company side is trying to give them feedback they've received from the community, letting them know that, okay, hey, this, this is what the community wants, this is what I'd love to have, this is what they currently love about the products, and like, this is where our products should go forward or like go to the next few, let's say, months or years to ensure that we still have people in the community still using those products. So that's a quick overview of what developer advocacy is. And it's obviously very much a combination role. There's there's multiple sort of elements to it in terms of promotion and community and development. So it, it's got lots of different different facets. Exactly. I mean, it's not just like core software engineering where you're just expected to write code, right? In developer advocacy, you, all, you need to know how to write code. You need to know how to interact with the community, how to also promote your company's products in a way that doesn't seem to marketish because developers are not people who really love marketing in, in, a, in a way, right? They want to use their product because they've seen other software engineers using that product or because other software engineers have said amazing things about that product, right? So developer advocacy, advocacy kind of bring that one-on-one -on -one conversation with developers, somebody they can talk to who actually really understands what they are going through and actually wants to help them become better and not just someone who is focused on trying to sell a product to them. Yeah, absolutely. Right, okay. So can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Yes, so um, for me, it would be this 
tip that someone gave me while I started my career. He was the CEO of the company that I did my internship. And then that, that tip is always put yourself out there. And I'm going to explain. So I am a person who, I mean, I feel in life, they're like introverts and extroverts, right? They're people who are really open with sharing themselves, talking about things and all of that. They're, they're like introverts like myself who just like being on their own, really focusing on writing code. And like, they don't like putting themselves out there. And that's generally who I've always been until this person told me that I should put myself out there, right? And putting myself out there is one of the reasons why I am at where I am currently in my career. Because once you put yourself out there, right, from like writing articles, sharing your thoughts on certain technologies that you're using, just trying to help the community, you get to get lots of opportunities, right? From like job opportunities, people reaching out to you because they saw your article there or because they watched one interesting um, video that you created about, let's say, web development or Kubernetes, right? So like, pushing yourself out there just gives you tons and tons of opportunities from being known in the community, getting paid writing gigs, getting job offers without even applying, and so many other things. And I feel like most people don't put themselves out there because they feel they don't know enough, right? Like, oh, I'm not smart enough. I'm not as smart as this person. Nobody will really listen to what I'm saying. But it is not true. I always say I always say this, right? Imagine if you, you've been in tech, in tech for one month. In your mind, you're probably like, oh, hey, it's just one month. I don't really know a lot. But do you know that there's someone who has been in tech for just one day? And the information that you've been able to gather for that one month will be super beneficial to that person who has been in tech for one day or one week, right? So regardless of how not smart you think you are, just know that the information you have is going to be beneficial to somebody out there. So that shouldn't stop you from pushing yourself out there, writing blog posts, recording podcasts, recording um, video talks, or like just sharing talks as well. It is absolutely beneficial for your career. I can give you the push you need and also help you stay consistent in whatever framework or programming language it is that you're learning. Yes, I think it's a very good point to the fact that um, by by doing something, you're already ahead of somebody else. So even exactly. as you say, by it could be a matter of days, but it, but obviously if you if you're in the in the industry, you've been in the industry just a couple of years. You'll you had that experience which you can provide to somebody mm-hmm. who's right at the beginning of their career. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You're spot on. Good. Okay. Can you now tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Uh, sure. Um, so for me as a developer advocate, um, what I would categorize as my worst career moment was when I needed to do like a workshop to a workshop, right? So we had our company set up this workshop. We had like tons of people registered to attend the workshop, right? And I was supposed to be the one who facilitated that workshop. And it was funny because this was something that I spent, I mean, a couple of weeks preparing for, right? So I did like um, dress rehearsals with my manager, did everything I needed to do, work, worked on my slides. But when it was actually time to present that workshop, my router, which is like my Wi-Fi internet connection, went off. Like I could not join the Zoom call. So I could, I would join and then after some seconds, I would just get disconnected. And it was sad for me because... I, I was like, okay, hey, why did this have to happen 
this week of all weeks? Why did it happen like the previous week? Why did my internet connection suddenly, let's say, go bad, right, or go off? So it was really, really sad that I wasn't able to do what I had been practicing for, and I also wasn't able to, like, share the knowledge I wanted to share with people who registered. I mean, they registered because they wanted to hear me teach those things, right? And the fact that I couldn't deliver that because of something that wasn't really in my control was absolutely devastating. So what I learned from that was it's always very important to have a backup plan because you never really know what's going to happen. So in my case, maybe I should have recorded a, created a video recording of that particular talk, knowing that internet can just be very unstable sometimes. So if I had created a recording, it meant that, hey, would have been able to play that recording during that workshop if I wasn't available because of the internet. And then other routes, like listen, we're writing a quick summary of like a blog post of, of what the workshop was about. So in your in, in, in your case, it may not be creating a video recording, it may be something else. But then I've learned that from that experience that it's extremely very important to always have a backup plan for whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. That's very good good advice, definitely. And and moving away from your worst moment, can you tell us about your career highlight? Yeah, sure. So my career highlight, hmm, oh maybe. I mean I feel like there's been a lot of interesting things that have happened in my career. But uh, one that I remember right now was at a company that I worked at, uh, named Interswitch, which is a company in Nigeria that facilitates um financial payments for Nigeria and a couple of other African countries. And before I joined the company, the company was struggling with um, its developer community, right? There were always people on social media saying that, hey, their documentation wasn't good enough. They didn't have people in the community who could help them answer questions and all of those things. So when I joined as a software engineer in the developer relations team, what I did was try to like, hey, what was the pain points? What could we do to actually make the developer community benefit from our products and actually enjoy using them or say nice things about them? Because, I mean, marketing is great, but then once you have people in the community saying positive things about your company or your products, that's that's like one of the best things you can ask for, in my opinion. So the goal was, how can we make these people happy? Because they were literally always saying bad things about the company, right? So it was like working with the, the core engineering team, working with the product team, trying to find out like, hey, what, what, what could we do from there? And just helping that vision come to life. It's like helping with the documentation. We're not going to like a developer console and a couple of other like sort of hosting events where I brought like people from our engineering team to speak with the developer community and answer their questions and just help them understand, hey, this is what we're currently doing. This is where we're trying to go to and that, at some point, you would actually really enjoy using our products more effectively than you used to. And it was really exciting for me that before I left that company, you could now see a couple of people sharing interesting things on social media. Like, okay, hey, I see what InterSwitch is doing. I see that they're trying to improve. I can see improvements already. And for me, that would definitely be one of my um, highlights, a lot of the highlights of my career as a developer advocate because I was able to join a company who was really doing well in the developer community and bring them up to a point where I could now see people say positive things about that company's products. Yeah, excellent. Good, that's great. And and what do you think is exciting about the future of careers in IT? Hmm. 
Well, I think I think I think for me it's always the fact that you can easily switch, right? So a career in technology is so versatile, like it's so flexible. Um a couple a couple of months back I was focused on web development, right? But then now I'm now in the cloud native space. Yes, I have to learn a lot of new things about cloud native, but then I still have that basic knowledge or that, that background, right? That can can help me get up to speed faster. I think that that's one very interesting thing about technology is that we can easily switch and it just makes it so much easier, right? If you have a background or knowledge about a certain thing in technology, it means that, hey, maybe joining the next thing would not be so difficult. And I just love that we've created that um, space or created that um, structure in IT, making it so much easier for people to easily transition. If you try a web development and realize, oh, hey, maybe this is not it for you. You don't need to take 20 years to switch to Android, right? It's easier. For, it's easy for you to do that, and you can also easily transition. So for me, it's like seeing the future of IT for me is seeing better ways that that transition can happen, seeing easier routes to take, and like a greater support system that encourages people to make switches when they think they need to, and just like guiding them towards the journey of getting stable after making that switch. Yeah, so very much for you, it's about the variety and the opportunity that's there. Yes, exactly. That's that's yeah. definitely it for me. Good. Okay. Right. We're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Oh, cool. <laughs> yes, 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 I am. Good. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? What attracted me? So I studied computer science. However, I don't always love to tie my my reason for being in IT to computer science. And I'm going to tell you why. That's because in the university I went to, which could be called college in your own, like whoever is listening to this, we kind of call it university over here. But when I say university, I'm actually referring to college. We had fantastic lecturers, right? But then I felt like they were not really teaching in an effective manner. They couldn't really share the knowledge effectively. So it was hard for me to understand certain things. So the exact thing that made me get attracted to a career in IT was when I went for an internship in this um, a company named Start Innovation Hub. And then I saw so many young people like myself doing awesome things, like we're building Android applications, building websites, sharing knowledge in the community. And I was just very inspired by that. And I'm like, okay, if they could actually do this, then it means I can also do it myself. And so I signed up for the... Android learning course to learn how to develop Android applications. And the fact that I could yeah. build an Android application, no matter how small or basic it is, and run it on my phone made me made me so excited. Like I couldn't believe that I could do that. So that was what I think it was it was like kind of fascinating to be honest that I could do that. I could actually build something like that. And it made me think, okay, hey, if I could build this small thing, then maybe if I put more effort into learning about it, then I could actually build bigger things in the future and yeah that was definitely the moment for me right okay yeah so you're very much inspired by what you saw yes exactly i was inspired by seeing people doing so many fantastic things at such a young age and believing that if they could do it then maybe i could also do it as well and the support system <laughs> exactly. there was also good so i definitely it was it was a good yeah. decision to make <laughs> 
Yes, yes, exactly. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? Hmm, it would be you only learn how to do something by doing that thing. So you only learn how to write by writing. You only learn how to code by coding. Yes, you could watch all the tutorials in the world, read all the documentations, read all the Twitter threads, but you only learn how to do something by actually doing that thing, right? So for me, that would be the best career advice. Exactly. And what is the worst career advice you've received? Hmm. (laughs) Okay. What would be the worst career advice I've received? Hmm. I think I think for me it would be oh that's 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 a hard one. <laughs> Try to think of the exact thing. But then it would be so like I mentioned, when I started out my career, um I actually started out with like Android development, right? Because I was I was a bit obsessed with Facebook app at the time because I was just like really um, impressed with how they have so many interesting features in the application. So I was like, okay, I want to go into Android development and I thought it was nice. But then there was someone who was among like the top team, the top people in that industry, in that firm, so to speak, who told me, hey, that doing Android wasn't nice and I should not do it, that I should um, focus on web development and all of that. And for me, that was very discouraging because he didn't even like maybe you try to take an effort to know why I wanted to pursue a career in Android development or why I had a passion for doing that. So it just made me very discouraged to maybe continue or more like start questioning myself or questioning if um, learning Android development was actually uh, I was actually the right thing. And the thing with questioning yourself is that you start doubting yourself. You start like maybe taking a step back from actually learning or putting in the work. So for me, I would definitely categorize that as one of the worst advice that I've ever received when it comes yeah. to Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Good. And and if you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? Hmm. I think I would put myself out there a lot faster. So if I started my career and like let's say one or two years after, I was still like, oh hey, I don't really know anything. I shouldn't say anything. But if I started pushing myself out there faster, then I bet I would have been at the higher pace in my career now because it meant that I would have assessed opportunities earlier, maybe written more articles, shared more knowledge, gotten like jobs at an earlier time because I already put myself out there. So for me, I would say putting myself out there as soon as possible, knowing that even if I don't know so much, what I know can be beneficial to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And what career objectives are you focusing on? Well, at the moment, I am trying to um, do more content creation, really. So in my career as a developer advocate, I've mostly always been focused on like technical writing, giving talks and all of those things. So my objectives at the moment are, is trying to do more video-related content, right? So from like creating a yep. YouTube channel, trying to share content that are not just about writing. And it's, it's definitely me leaving my comfort zone because... I, I, I can't find myself as an introvert, to be honest. So it's just going to be like me having to put myself out there a lot more, showing my face, learning how to edit videos, because I have no clue how to edit videos, to be honest. So it's going to be like a lot of a lot of learning for me, but I think it's it's going to be very beneficial because that's like the next the next step I'm looking at my, at my career, not just being focused on 
written content like Twitter or Twitter threads or blog posts, but then on the video side of things as well. I mean, even TikTok now is a big deal. A lot of developer advocates and people in the community are using TikTok to share information. So maybe, maybe after I've done with YouTube, I might switch to TikTok as well. <laughs> right. Good. Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I would say writing. Yep. Writing has definitely helped me in my career so far a lot. And the funny thing is that there was a point in my life where I struggled with expressing myself through words. I could be in a meeting and they would ask for like thoughts, right? And I wouldn't share it. I mean, it could just be a conversation on Slack, for instance. And I would not share it because I was like, okay, am I going to say this effectively? You don't really understand what I'm trying to say. And over time, I noticed that that was making me lose out on so many opportunities, right? And I decided to be intentional about learning how to write. And that's when I bumped onto that quote that I mentioned some time ago, you only learn how to do something by doing that thing. So I realized that I would only learn how to write by actually writing. So I wrote my first article and trust me, it wasn't the best. It was <laughs> it wasn't the best, but then it was that first thing I needed to do to actually push me to a part that I wanted to be. Like I wanted to be someone who was writing. So instead of writing my articles, at first nobody really noticed what I was doing, but over time you could see people say, Hey, I really enjoyed this your article. I really love what you, you you did here. I really love how you explained this thing. I mean, it was an article that I was so um, concerned with not publishing. I was like, hey, I think there's so many information about this article on the, on, on the internet. Or So why do I really need to publish about the same topic anymore? Like, why do I have to do that? But I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I've already written it. So let me go ahead and publish the article. And to my surprise, after I published that article, I got tons and tons of of retweets and liked on that article on Twitter. I think I got like over 200 plus people follow me because of that article. Right. And then you could see people say, yeah, you could see people say things like, oh my God, I've been trying to understand this thing for so long and I never really understood it until I read this your article. So it all dawned on me that even if there was so many resources about the same thing online, there were still people that did not understand it. There were still people who needed to read it in my own voice to actually understand understand that thing and i think this also goes back to what i said about putting yourself out there you think you don't know enough but what you know can be beneficial to somebody of course maybe yeah. the people bumped into those articles that, that other people had written but then the way i wrote it spoke to them in a way that those other articles did not speak to them so if i had let myself doubt of not publishing that article rule me then it means that maybe they would have still not been able to understand that um that that that, that topic at the time i published it so writing has definitely been a huge, huge part in my career as a software engineer before I even transition to a developer advocate. It can be very beneficial yeah. from like sharing information. It could even be through emails, right? Writing emails effectively as a software engineer can go a long way than, than not being able to. So I think writing is an absolutely great non-technical skill to have as a software engineer or as someone in tech generally. Exactly. And as you said, it it can help you with that sort of promotion as well and, and just getting known, yeah. can't it? It's just that extra exactly. skill set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do you yeah. do in your what do you do to keep your own career energized? Hmm. Well, I, I've learned that it's very important to take breaks. 
Um, I know that there's like lots of talks about how you need to like work hard and do this and do that, which is absolutely great and okay, it's important to work hard. But I've also learned that it's always important to put yourself first as well, right? Try yep. to take breaks. What do you love doing? For me, I love watching Netflix movies. So take breaks in between, watch any Netflix movie that I'm currently into at the moment and come back energized. Because I feel like once I work so long for like a really long stretch, really long stretch rather, I become really tired. So if I take steps, like a couple of hours or minutes aside just to rest, it kind of helps me stay on track. And aside from that, I mean, imposter syndrome definitely happens to everybody. Everybody feels like an imposter at some point. So what I learned to do was anytime somebody says something nice about my work, about my article, about a, a, a talk that I gave or a podcast or whatever, I try to like copy those things and paste it in a document so that whenever I feel like an imposter, I just go through that document and like read the different things people said. I'm like, I mean, this many people can't be lying to me, right? It means that I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually good at, at what I'm doing. So that kind of makes me feel energized to keep doing more and like trying to become better at my career. Good. Okay. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Oh, I actually didn't mention one of them. So one of them was watching movies. I um, yep. I think literally obsessed with watching movies. If, I feel like if, 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 you, if you mention 10 or let's say five Netflix movies right now, chances are probably seen like three of them because I do watch a lot of them. And, and that might seem very um, unproductive really, but I think there's so much to learn from movies, from like learning about cultures, human behavior, why people do certain things. There's so, so, so many things I've learned from watching movies over the years. And aside from, aside from watching movies, I love traveling. I do hate, I do hate the trips, but I love the destination. So I have a lot of anxiety <laughs> whenever, I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah, I have a lot of anxiety whenever I'm on the plane. So it's like, okay, the plane going to crash right now. It requires am I going to survive? So I'm always thinking about like the worst possible scenario whenever I'm on the plane. So I love to only focus on the destination. That's when I actually arrive at that place that I'm traveling to. So yeah, that's that's something I love doing. And I also do love trying out different meals. So whenever I go to a new place, I try to eat something that I have never eaten before. It, it obviously goes well sometimes, but other times it doesn't. <laughs> and I regret <laughs> trying those new things. But yeah, it's, it's definitely always um, always good to try out new things, to be honest. So I try to do that. Yes, indeed. And Edidion, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? Sure. Um, that would be that you should go ahead and start and stay consistent. I feel like in life, there's so many things that we want to do. There's so many things that individual people have or have decided to do, right? But then they don't end up doing it because they actually don't start. They're like, oh, hey, I want to create a YouTube channel. I want to create a YouTube channel. You literally be saying that to the entire year runs by and you've not actually started. You're just having that vision or that thought to doing it. But the only thing that is stopping you from doing that thing is you actually starting. And when you eventually start, sorry, you want to say something? I was just going to say, sometimes something like starting a YouTube channel sounds like a great idea, but then it seems to be this big thing. 
um, uh-huh. and 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 it, and it, sometimes it's about breaking it down into smaller pieces to be able to start. So absolutely, that that can it's that sort of mental block that it's a big thing uh-huh. to do. Then that can sometimes prevent people from actually starting. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with what you said. So it's like breaking things down, right? So maybe instead of saying, I want to start a YouTube channel, you can break it down to, hey, I'm going to create a YouTube channel today, just like creating that URL. Then tomorrow, yeah. I'm going to add a, a profile picture. Then next tomorrow, I'm going to decide on what the name of that YouTube channel is going to be. So I absolutely agree with you. Breaking things down into like smaller bits makes us more excited i think it makes our brain want to do those things because the human brain doesn't want to be stressed that's right <laughs> so exactly like, yeah <laughs> so if you break things down to smaller bits it definitely makes you eager to do those things because you think they're like small things to do but once you think it's something really big and like huge you're like okay i'm not going to do this today i'll do it next week and then when next week comes you're like oh i'll do it next week and before you know the years literally run out and You've not been able to do <laughs> you've not been able to do any of those things. So yeah, just go ahead and start and stay consistent when you eventually start. Exactly, yes. Um Didyong, how can we find out more about you and connect with you? Oh, I'm definitely very active on Twitter. So you can follow me on Twitter at Didicodes, D-I-D-I-C-O-D-E-S. And you can also check out my um, blog as well, which is com. Yes, mostly active on those two places. Good, excellent. Did Young, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been great chatting with you. Yes, same here. Thank you so much for having me as well, Phil. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.